Hi, I'm Roseanne, host of the California Dreaming Podcast, a show that delves into the darker side of the not-so-golden state. Together, we will visit some of the most unhinged and chilling crimes that ever shook California and beyond. Join me as I take you on a journey into a new story each week with a different backdrop from all around California, from the bright lights and glamour of Hollywood to the picturesque and tranquil wine country. No crime, no town, nobody is off limits. Listen to California Dreaming on the Orbital Jigsaw Network or anywhere you listen to podcasts. driving around with Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut? Wait, Pizza, Pizza Hut sitting in the front seat. Wait, who's this of girl? His Ferrari. Pizza Hut, Pizza Butt, is this Pizza Dut. Someone? Who is that girl? I can't tell your big ass heads in the way. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but Pizza Nut, Pizza Butt. I do not like. I mean, <laughs> I really don't care for television TV shows. I don't know why. What's a television TV show? <laughs> well, okay, let me a network Oh, okay. Okay. Television show of some sorts. You don't like the Bachelor. I guess that's a better way. You're like, let's watch uh, HBO. No, number no. Now, as it gets later and it gets more intense towards the end, and I'm just sitting out here while you're watching it. Yeah. It is kind of fun while I'm dicking around on my phone or on my laptop listening to it. Because so, it's ridiculous. Magnum PI. It was Magnum PI. But anyway, shows like that, I just don't care. They for. kind of end up being the same. One of the girls was crying, and our daughter was like, "She's crying. Why is she crying?" And I was like, "Well, she didn't get a rose, but that's no reason to cry because you don't always get what you want. And you know, <laughs> sometimes you just can't be upset over Why things you don't crying? get. <laughs> you don't get a rose every time." And she was like, "Okay, <laughs> okay, lesson got it. mom, check." <laughs> but you get a participation rose yes every time and a ribbon uh, in the beginning it is kind of like that mm-hmm. you know what's funny is so they've been saying stuff especially here in the last couple of years about people slamming participation trophies and so you're, i'm sitting there thinking yeah da, da, like it's a new thing Mm-mm. and it's like wait you know i'm almost 32 and i got participation ribbons you know 25 years ago. Always got them. I didn't give... I seem fine. It was just very obvious that other kids were getting a trophy or a better ribbon than yours, and you're like, well, fuck this shit. You still knew. Yeah. It wasn't a secret. They're like, here's your participation ribbon. Thanks for showing up. And you're like, yeah, I didn't want to show up. I got told I was showing up. (laughs) I always threw mine away. Yeah, I don't know if I kept it. It was a participation. Like, whatever. Do you want to do that countdown? Yeah, I was just thinking that. Trying to think. In five, four, three. <laughs> hey, everybody, this is Danielle. You actually gave it a proper pause there that time. How many pause do I have? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. And this is Daniel. And this is Carla. And we're reporting live from Atlanta, Super Bowl Sunday. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
Who's going to win? By the time this comes out, someone hey, would have already won. Wait a second. Won. You didn't say who we are. Who are we? Oh. Are, who are we? <laughs> who is you? Gosh, that's People really. People could be sitting there thinking that they're watching. I don't know. Watching they're the like, I show. thought I put on a podcast. I thought this was The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said they could be thinking that they're starting their rerun of Golden Girls. But then I realized that we're a fucking podcast and not a TV show. They could still be confused. <laughs> Um, we are Hoosier Homicide. A we are not a podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. We are not giving a play by play of the Super Bowl. No. Just so you know. Daniel probably could. You could do yeah, it. Yeah, it would probably be pretty entertaining. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know. There'd be a lot of uh, commentary. I, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There'd be a lot of extra commentary. Um, yeah. Well, you couldn't give. I think I can do stuff like that because I really. Before I root for my team or da 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 da, I I want a good the game. The integrity of the game to be upheld. Yes, he so wants a good game. People get so mad when their teams lose, and they're like, "It's the officials' fault," and it's like, "Yeah, you know, it is the officials' fault at the end." But you guys did blow a fucking fifteen point lead late there, so fuck you. So yeah, which kind of pertains to this Super Bowl actually, because yeah, you couldn't comment on this super bowl because you have a biased opinion no no i mean i can you know i could still say what's going on but who do you want to win i don't want to talk about yeah it. yeah <laughs> go ahead say it out loud go ahead say it i would like to see i would like to see tom brady win the super bowl uh, again <laughs> tom brady just him by just himself him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. he could he could and this trophy goes and it's to... hard not to like Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. So. So there you have it. There Listen, you have it. I cannot be for the Patriots. We would have won. Okay, let me rephrase. We, we, we. That when they deflated those balls, <laughs> we were so close to still not winning <laughs> that I'm bitter about it. They, yeah, they balls. could have played with a deflated beach ball. and told him what every we're gonna we're gonna run every single play of the game we're just gonna run we'll never pass and we would have still lost yeah Mm -hmm. yep still was an interesting thing we could have been given a 30 point head start and we still would have lost i just like my balls to be properly inflated that's all i'm saying well sometimes it'd be like that (laughs) it did not make sense though that the league did not have the game balls prior to the game. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that like a huge thing? I feel like the NBA, the officials bring the, the balls to the game. Well, yeah. well, the teams balls. bring the balls, don't they? Well, they did, yeah. Not anymore? Well, because when no, I was working... so nowadays, I think, I don't know if it's the day before or that morning, or it might be the week before. I will... You practice with all your, the game balls, mm-hmm. and then you put them down on a table, like before the game and you pick out which balls you that get transferred over so you've actually practiced with those footballs all week so it's a ball selection but then now you turn them back back over to the nfl and then you don't see them again i think they bring them out for warm-ups okay but as soon as they're done with the warm-ups the game balls then go back to the officials before the game when i was working at the marriott we would have teams stay and we would receive the balls Hmm. Yeah, you like had, they would get. How many balls 
did you get? Well, I don't know. It wasn't At me personally. I didn't. <laughs> I personally did not get the balls. I am the not balls. in charge of the balls. But I wouldn't remember. They'd be like, all right, they have this meeting room set aside for this and this. No, we would have the officials. We wouldn't have the teams. We'd have the officials stay. And they would have the balls. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. The balls had their own room. I think they did. A suite. They had their own meeting space. Two queen beds. Yes. We put we tucked them in every night. <laughs> you know what's funny is in Major League Baseball, unless it's a milestone ball, like it's someone's, you know, 600th home run or uh, it's a record-breaking ball, mm-hmm. in baseball, pff, if it goes out into the crowd, no big deal. It's yours. Football and basketball, though, those suckers are so expensive. Right. Can you imagine, like, getting... A f- like a fly basketball into the stands and trying to keep it. Well, you put People it under do. your shirt and go, I'm mine. pregnant. Do not touch my pregnant belly. I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah, they, um, I think even like the, the aisle workers at the games or the ushers, they're trained to know if the ball goes into the crowd to follow it and go and Say, it. hey, assault the person to get the you ball. You gotta get that back. If they won't give it, local police go in and retrieve the ball like don't make me do this man we just give the me the ball well, there, was a, <laughs> there was a kicking ball and they especially don't want the kicking balls going into the stands there's something oh when they miss the net there may yeah if they miss the net and the kicking balls go into the crowd there's something special the kicking balls are a little different mm-hmm. they really don't want to lose those bows and there was one that went off into the crowd when we were playing the Giants, I think, on Sunday Night Football, and they didn't get it back. Ever? Like, the guy refused to give it up, and I can't remember if it was they couldn't find it, I mean, or the guy just refused to give it up, so they they said, well, they went down and got him a game ball and said, here, we just want the kid." They had to bribe him like a toddler. Okay, that game we'll give also, you ball. We'll give you ball. We'll give you this ball for that ball. A but player you- from the Giants spiked his helmet down real hard. Brandon Jacobs, and it bounced and went into the crowd. <laughs> and a fan caught it and refused to give it back. I'd be like, that's mine. Come near me, I'll ram you. So This mine now. This my helmet. Well, because it kind of, the guy made the comment that I think it bounced up and like hit him in the face. And he's like, no, you no. hit me in the face. You owe me a helmet. helmet. <laughs> and I think after the game, he actually autographed the helmet and gave it back to him, or he got a ball, or he okay. got something. Yeah, that's a little it. better. This my helmet. You this c- my helmet now. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have my helmet. <laughs> Ew, do you think he put it on? Yeah, kept it on. Sweaty. That's how you, you strap it, the chin strap under. Sweaty, sweaty. taking it from you. <laughs> be like, oh, it smells like football player in here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember as a little kid, Dennis Rodman, when he would get ejected, would take his jersey off and throw it in the crowd. And they're like, yes, bathe me in it. Yeah, God. It's so <laughs> gross. And I always remember it bothered my mom, but I really liked Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. I really liked Dennis Rodman as a player growing up. He's fun. And I said, if I caught his if I caught his jersey, would I be allowed to keep it or would you make me give it back because it belonged to Dennis Rodman? She's like, no, if you caught you. What if I want to keep it and never wash it? <laughs> That's your business, man. What I if I want to keep I it and sleep in it every night? Every night. And wear it under my clothes. The sweaty goodness <laughs> of Dennis Rodman. I feel like basketball in the 90s was fun. Oh, yeah. Not that I, I mean I was a, no. but a How child. How old were you? But a, but a child. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But the Baron. <laughs> oh, that it was certainly a, a tougher game. Mm-hmm. A, the stuff the officials allowed, some of the harder fouling. and uh, Plus that Space Jam, that's a fantastic oh, film. Oh, man, that's a classic. All the players weren't friends. Like the guys on the Celtics hated the guys on the Lakers. And, Real uh, rivalry. Unless it was Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. They always mm. got along. But We have a Larry Bird ball. Speaking of balls. Bows. 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 I know it. someone who knows Larry, and they got us that as a wedding gift. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's in a case on the Dad floor. Dad went to school with Larry Bird. Did he? Yes. He said he never saw him once. But he could say we were BFF. He's, oh, they were in the, the class yeah, at the same at time. Indiana State at the same time. Yeah. I was like, you never saw him walking around? Man, I used to like, if I saw Cody Zeller out, I'd be like, where are you going? Me too. Me too. I'll follow you. <laughs> really? Quack, quack. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And if I saw Victor, I'd be like, where's Vic going? Vic, oh, my class is in there too. Mm, mm, mm. I wonder how many people followed them around. I don't know. I think I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, that blonde bitch is following me She's again. She's following me again. <laughs> I'm, I'm so oh, sure. no. My brother is out riding on the road. On a bike. I loved hearing he all had, about that yesterday. He has turned into Lance Armstrong. How many balls does your brother have? <laughs> Speaking of balls. <laughs> Three driving on the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were people riding their bikes in the polar vortex. And I was like, what are you trying to prove? That they're tough. Okay. Tough as balls. It was really, really cold here last week. And now, what's the temperature right now? It's 60 degrees outside. Weird. Oh, yeah. We experienced Mm. negative 40. There has been, in Windchill, a 100-degree swing in like three days. Mm -hmm. Literally. I mean, I'm not mad about it now. And this whole time, I was real worried that my car wouldn't start. And it started, you know, negative 40, it was fine. Negative 20, it was fine. Started today when it's 60 degrees, won't start. Yeah. Well, that now I was pretty sure your crazy cat lady neighbor clipped your wires. Nah, that she, me, dad was, he was like, your battery's going out. We need to take care of it soon. And then she confronted your roommate. She confronted my roommate in person. So back to the the parking situation. Me and Brooke didn't leave the house. We literally didn't leave the house all weekend. And so she parked in the driveway and I parked behind her. The one time we're in both in the driveway That's what and she saying. needs to leave and I can't get my car to start. I'm saying the lady clipped your wires because she was keeping you both in the driveway. When I say clipped your wires, I have no uh, idea what I'm okay, talking about. Okay, you really are reaching. You're reaching there <laughs> because dad replaced the battery and it was fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> she put in an older battery. She put in an older battery. <laughs> she made it corrode overnight. I, ha- I just have a feeling that she wouldn't be able to <clears throat> pop the lock on the car. Does your car have an alarm? Uh, no. Okay. But I lock it. But see, I well, didn't know. I mean, you don't hit it twice and then it goes beep beep or anything. You yeah. Have a, do you have a panic button? I have a panic button. On your thing. If you hit it twice and it beeps, you probably have an alarm. The problem is I didn't know that when you lock the car, it locked the hood. So yeah. that oh, threw yeah. off my theory real quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, plus, how do you how do you open your hood? Inside. Inside. Right. Yep. So yep. even if even if that wasn't okay, true. Okay, okay. But I just thought it was real odd that she confronted to tell her. That would have been stupid on her part, though, because we both were actually in the driveway all weekend. She goes, I'd give my left arm to have a driveway. Cool, bitch. Go buy one. I'm actually <laughs> a really nice person. And it's like, what the fuck does that have to do You're about You're not convincing anyone. If you have no. to tell everyone, it's not, it's not true. So what did she tell her? 
She just, she literally walked up to him and said, I would give my right arm to have a driveway. She has a garage. And she's not the only one that feels like that. I'm a real nice person. I just wish I didn't have to walk so far. I was like, bitch, you're chubby Oh, she was scared. She said she was scared. She, as a woman, she didn't want to have to walk too far to her house. It's like an extra, what, 10 feet, maybe? I was like, honey. Honey. Well, no, ain't nobody stealing you. It's not going to happen. No. No. Wow, that's pretty uh, That's pretty judgmental. I am just Kind of like when a man talking down saying. to someone smaller than them. Ain't nobody going to steal I just don't think it's an issue on our you. street for one. No. And. It's an issue everywhere in America. Let's be honest. It is. And the closer you are to downtown. It the just, more likely those happen more likely. It was an invalid argument for the situation. It just didn't make sense. The extra 10 How feet. do you get to her driveway, though? Or how do you get to she her She has driveway? her own alley. Mm-hmm. So you have to drive down the dark alley. Uh, th- there's lights back there. It's hey. alleys. All the neighbors share an alley. And she has a garage, That's but a- I drove by, by there. I bet the garage is full of cat supplies. The garage is truly trash. So if she really wants to have somewhere to park, redo your garage. Boom. And you'll have a place, and no one else can take it. Talk about how Noblesville sent out a tweet <clears throat> saying crime was illegal during the polar vortex. Yes. Ooh, yeah, it was a tweet, right? Yes. Which they're being cute. They were being cute. They're like, it's way too cold to commit crimes, and so don't. We don't want to come out, so don't commit crimes. Because crimes are illegal, especially right now. Yeah. Soup's illegal. As if, as if they weren't illegal when it's warm outside. And they would let us know when they were legal again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so because of that, I picked a case from Noblesville. Cool. How far is Noblesville? 25 minutes. North. North. Northwest? Yeah. Hang on a second. Northeast. Ch- from where we're at, an hour. From central Indianapolis. Like 25 minutes. Um, well, that really depends on which way you go. What time of day sure. are you Is going? The north what side. Time of year, if, actually. It's a, if you're going from downtown to Noblesville, it's still every bit of yeah, thirty minutes. Because there's yeah, not that. really interstate. There's not. You have to take either seventy out or sixty five out. If you it's, take seven, you'd probably take seventy. Mm-hmm. Basically, and then you still have to drive all the way up to sixty nine and yeah, up sixty nine. So that's still w- a while. So it basically, the, it's a bitch to get to, so we don't go there. Is it considered <laughs> the north side? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't say. go to very many concerts because I hate driving. Oh to yeah, it, it's 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 honestly like it was fun when you're younger, but now I, it's, I, it's not worth messing with. Drive. Mm-hmm. It's a long drive, and then you got to have. I mean, someone in your group can't drink mm-hmm. if ever, and then 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 they just stand there and they're like, hmm. mm-hmm. February eighth. This episode will come out on February seventh. Just so you know. Just so you know. <laughs> February eighth, two thousand five. Yeah, that's the year you graduated from high school. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, and you are you're younger than me. And I was six years younger than you. Yep. 29-year-old Kenneth Allen. We've done, had a Kenneth before. I don't Kenneth. Know, Kenneth Allen, I don't even know. Spelled one in or two? Two. Kenneth. That's now, if it's one, it's Kenneth. Kenneth. <laughs> 29-year-old Kenneth Allen and his sister, 18-year-old Carrie Allen. So Carrie and I are the same age. Oh. Take a note, though. He is 29 and she is 18. That's a big gap in siblinghood. Eleven. Mm-hmm. Eleven year gap. I know people with further. I know. Yeah. I just, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. There could be my siblings in between. My mom's ten years younger than her brother. Is there siblings in between? 
Uh, yes. Okay. So that still, yeah, yeah. I'm six, well, you guys are six years apart. My sister and I are six years apart. I think it felt weird because I didn't list any other siblings in the middle. So it was like, we have one kid, wait 11 years. Have Okay, I don't know the circumstances. It could have been an accident. Anyways, so it's not as rare or odd as I thought it was. <laughs> they, the siblings, were driving west on Interstate 70 through St. Charles County, Missouri. Missouri, is that how you say it? Missouri. Missouri. Deputy Sheriff Anthony Hojisik. H-O-J-S-I-K. Did I say that right? Sure. That's what I'm going with. It sounds like a thing. Like, that's what Carla is. She's hojistic. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he observed Al- the Allens speeding and changing lanes without signaling, so he pulled them over. He said, this is my job, is to pull people over that are dumb. The deputy approached the Allens' vehicle and asked Kenneth for proof of registration and a driver's license. Kenneth produced a Florida's driver's license and an Indiana identification card. I don't know what that means, an Indiana identification card. It's just not a driver's driver's license. license. Okay. Carrie did not have any identification. This was concerning in and of itself because Carrie was being transported by an older man saying that he was her brother, but with no identification to prove it. So it's an 18-year-old with a 30-year-old. No ID police Mm -hmm. come up to you is Mm -hmm. always a big problem. So he's like, he was concerned for the, well, even though she's saying this is my brother, it could be something else, like trafficking or abduction, or you just never know. Right. Uh, Kenneth showed him a rental agreement stating that the vehicle is rented for a one-way trip from Indianapolis to Las Vegas. Vegas. God, that'd be an awful drive. He told Deputy Hojisik that he was on his way to Las Vegas to start a new life. Quote, unquote. <laughs> Vegas. Well, that's a that's a mighty big gamble. When asked how long he had been planning on making this trip, Kenneth told him, oh, for a long time. When the deputy asked Carrie separately how long they had been planning this trip, she goes, oh, just a few days. <laughs> At this point, the deputy could have issued a citation and sent the pair on their way. So he did his job. He could have given him a ticket and been like, drive straight, asshole. But he asked if he could search the car instead. And Kenneth said, okay, dude. I think you shouldn't let police search your car if you have an option, right? Uh, well, I don't that know. depends. Are you hiding anything illegal in your car? But should they be oh, searching a it? Cleaner back because there. if you seem shady... Mm-hmm. And you tell them no, that's fine. You wait here. I'll get the handcuffs. I'll no, I'll know they'll <laughs> they'll go get it. Try to see if they can. Now they can only hold you for so long, mm-hmm. but they can try to get a judge to sign a search warrant real quick. Well, you don't uh, really need a warrant if you have probable cause. Correct. There you go. So yes, yes. right. I mean, it might not have mattered if he said yes or no. I I know it's just yeah. I'm not sure it. He but just, you I have mean, to be real clear that you had probable cause yeah. because if you hadn't, you just open up the door. Hey. I don't like the looks of you. Get out. I'm looking through your car. Yeah, oh, look, right. here's weed. And da, then da, da, anything da. that they find can, would right. not be admissible mm-hmm. in court. Correct. He found a number of identification cards, credit cards, and ATM cards in the names of Leonard Bradley and Betty Bradley, who he learned were Kenneth and Carrie's grandparents. In the trunk, Deputy Hojisik found a plastic bag with pillows, jeans, and blood-stained bed sheets. There was also a satchel with a large amount of jewelry, a purse containing money, and a soda bottle with a large amount of cigarette butts Wait, in it. Wait, was it a purse or a satchel? It said satchel. It's a satchel. It's not a purse, it's a satchel. Their explanation regarding these items and their trip to Las Vegas were riddled with inconsistencies. 
The deputy became concerned for the Bradley's safety and contacted Indianapolis law enforcement to arrange a welfare check at the Bradley's residence in Linwood Avenue in Indianapolis. An Indianapolis police officer arrived at the Linwood residence. He knocked on the front door, checked the windows, and reported that, meh, everything looks fine. And he left. Meh. Meh. In the meantime, Indianapolis police officer Mike Horn, thinking that it was unusual for an out-of-state law enforcement agency to request a welfare check, asked to be connected to Deputy Hojicic. He explained to Officer Horn why he had requested the welfare check, including the circumstances surrounding the traffic stop and the search of the Allen's vehicle. And what did he, what was he pulled over for? Speeding and changing lanes without signaling. What an idiot. You have blood stained sheets in your trunk. I guess you're entitled to have blood if they're your blood. I don't know. It was my period. <laughs> so much of it, so much blood. I'm ashamed to admit that was the very first thing I thought. Oh, I like, didn't even as think an that. Excuse. It's my period. Please don't say. <laughs> so this officer or deputy is being very thorough in contacting out-of-state law to law enforcement to check on the this couple. Officer Horn told the deputy that he would try to get into the Linwood residence. When he arrived, he knocked on the door loudly, circled the perimeter, doing the police officer thing. And that's when a neighbor came up and said, something's wrong in that house. And you're like, thank you, neighbor. <laughs> thank you. What exactly? Just something. Something. The neighbor. And it's not just the period, I know. <laughs> it's more. It's more than that. The neighbor, who was also a locksmith, unsuccessfully attempted to pick the front door lock. <laughs> Wait, why was he doing that? They were trying to break into the house and the neighbor was like, I'm a locksmith. But he couldn't. The so. cops were trying to break in? Mm-hmm. Did they have a warrant? No, well, they're doing a welfare check, though. Got it. And no one is responding. So I don't know. And So they're trying to get in. Yeah. They're not just like, we're here to check things out. Yeah. Thereafter, they walked around the house and observed an air conditioning unit in one of the windows. How hard is it to remove an air conditioning unit? I mean, I don't know. Remember, we had to break yours Not out. easy. Oh, yeah. It yeah. depends. I mean, if it's installed properly. Wedged, man. We had to break the glass. If anything, then they're, ro- they're pretty heavy, aren't they? They're heavy. Yeah, so. And they're like oddly weighted, you know? Yeah. And you've got a, they're not level because you need the, they have the drip factor. So. Yeah. And so he went in through the window, then went to the front door and unlocked it. And all the room, he looked through all the rooms, but did not find anyone there. Just a really fucking messy house. Like, hey. oh, good. He went to the basement where he saw freshly poured slab of concrete. Oh, no. Oh, no. He left the house and contacted Deputy Hojicic. Oops. So what do we know about Carrie and Kenneth? Besides the fact that their names are driving me nuts. Carrie and Kenneth had a close-knit family until their parents bought a new house and were unable to pay the bills, resulting in a great deal of arguing in front of the kids. Wah-wah. Wah-wah. When Kenneth was 14 and his sister was three, their parents divorced and his father moved to Florida. He opted to go with him while Carrie stayed with their mother, Sharon Allen, in Indiana. What was she, Sharon? I don't know. (laughs) Who's Allen and why was she being Sharon? (laughs) (laughs) While in Florida, Kenneth started acting out and doing poorly in school. He eventually got married and joined the Marines for a short period of time. He was later charged with battery... Battery. (laughs) Charged a battery. (laughs) 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 Uh, He was later charged with battery. Your uh, your reaction to it was the best. (laughs) (laughs) You sometimes you remind me of Butthead. You're like all of a sudden you're like. (laughs) 
<laughs> and even your little cackles will say, you know, just great. like, great, great, head. You can be Beavis. Then. I know, because then when you start doing, I start going. <laughs> 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 He was, oh, that's what I'll just start doing. Look, hey, butthead. <laughs> he was charged with counterfeiting, petty theft, and he acquired a gambling addiction, which I don't understand gambling addiction. Like any other addiction. Is You've been to Vegas? A substance. You've been in, to Vegas? No, I haven't been to Vegas. I've been to Vegas. Is it I addicting? have a family member that had a gambling addiction. Yeah, I just, it's hard for me to process. Yeah. It is the um, dopamine that gets yeah, released. Yeah, but it's like your yeah. own your body and to get addicted to your own body's chemicals sounds nuts to me. Not yeah. that I know it happens. It's fun. You don't want to stop. Mm-mm. Uh, he was constantly asking his mom and grandparents for money to pay off gambling debts, and then he would turn around and gamble with that money. Kenneth was busted in Arizona and did 20 months in federal prison in Kentucky, during which time his wife divorced him and his grandparents cut him off financially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, down in the dumps. <laughs> Carrie and their mother lived in lower income Section 8 housing in Noblesville, Indiana. What? I know. I, I don't know why with Noblesville. I, I'm sure there is. But. Section 8 housing no. in Noblesville. It did sign, well, sound weird, but what do I know? Her mother was unusually protective of her daughter, and she was often treated as if she couldn't do anything for herself. As a result, Carrie was very insecure and clung to her mother. In 2004, she was a senior at Noblesville High School. I just have to say the word clung. I fought the computer for a long time trying to say it was clinged. Like, why isn't this a word? Oh, sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. Clinged. It's clung, just so you know. Clinged it, clunged it. November 2004, Kenneth was paroled from prison and returned to Indiana. He was enraged that his grandparents would deny him money. So he formulated a plan to get the 200000 they had in savings. Kenneth told Carrie about his idea and wanted her to help him. Carrie has been internalizing her rage her entire life. Her older brother was persuasive enough to convince her that his plan was a good idea. (laughs) Besides, she was sick and tired of being fucking poor. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) December 30th, Kenneth told their mother, Susan, who was 53, about the plan he thought of while he was in prison. And he wanted her to participate as well thinking that he could manipulate anyone into doing anything. However, his mother refused. And yeah, now, you think? Yeah, she was like, this is not okay. Now she becomes another obstacle to the money. At 9 p.m., Carrie turns up the volume on the TV while they both go into their mother's room where she is sleeping. Kenneth gets on top of his mom, smothers her with a pillow, and then stabs her in the face repeatedly. <laughs> Just because she didn't agree? Yeah. To he ce- stabbed her in the face? It gets worse. To celebrate. The siblings drank vodka and then had sex in the room next to the one You're in making which their mother up. was dead. No. Mm-mm, no I'm You're making this no, up. No. They had sex. <sighs> You're making this shit up. No. I watched. Mm. Evil Kin. Hmm. That's what I watched. <laughs> so they, if they're making it up, then that's not my fault. Okay. ID's Evil Kin. Is that what they or, told you? That's what we'll do. We'll fuck with them and tell them that we done fucked. Mm-hmm. Why would we want to lie to them? (laughs) Oh, that's a good point. You know, we wouldn't want to be liars. (laughs) Uh, The next day, they wrapped her in a sheet and placed her in the bathtub. They purchased a saw-saw and garbage bags from a hardware store. A saw-saw is like an electric saw. Saw-saw. 
About a week later, Kenneth called his grandma, 75-year-old Betty Bradley, to come over because their mother was super sick. She's like super sick. Like, I can't tell if she's dead or not. Like, we don't want to take her to the hospital or anything. You should just come over. Once she stepped into their Noblesville apartment, he put a plastic bag over her head and suffocated her to death while Carrie watched. Next, they placed Grandma in the tub with her mother before dismembering both bodies and bagging them up. See, I'm sorry, but this is what the death penalty's for. Agreed. It gets worse. On January 5th, they both rode in their grandmother's vehicle to their grandparents' house in Linwood, Indianapolis, where they let themselves into the house using the keys Kenneth had stolen. Inside, their 91-year-old grandfather, Lee Bradley, was sleeping. Once he woke up, Kenneth beat him with a hammer and strangled him to death while Carrie watched, then helped him put him in the tub at that house. About a week after that, they rented a truck to move the body parts of the first two victims to this house. They were able to leave the parts, body parts, in the truck because it was January outside and colder than it normally is right now. So they were, like, preserved. Ew. Ew. Kenneth went about purchasing a laptop so that he could figure out how to transfer the 200000 into his bank account. Then he drove to an Ohio River casino and promptly lost sixty grand. What? How? 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 There are a couple of casinos on the Ohio River I looked. They're like barely in Indiana. He's not very good at it, is no. he? I have a feeling what? he went to the first game here. Sixty grand. Yep. Oops. Yeah, he really could have rationed 60, that yeah. or like... Uh, it's always, I'll win it back. I'll win it back. While Carrie spent her time online in chat rooms with other women, one of whom she brought back home and had a sexual encounter with, ignoring her grandfather's body still in the bathroom. Ew. These are smaller houses. I want to say there's only one bathroom. Yeah. So they just, like, okay. Yeah. Kenneth then rented a jackhammer in order to break up the concrete in the basement of their grandparents' home. After digging a six-foot square hole, I guess square, six-foot square hole, he placed the body parts of his mother and grandmother into it, then the body of his grandfather before covering them with fresh cement he had mixed up. So parts and then one whole So body. he just thought he had this all figured out. Yeah. And the neighbors heard stuff at like three in the morning, noises like that, and they saw the siblings coming and going with bags of cement. But how do you know, like, how often have we helped mom and dad carry cement into houses, bags of cement? Not at 2 a.m. No, not at 2 a.m., but it's like if you saw me coming and going, like it's just they're doing home construction. Yeah. Could be grout. Could be mixing up grout for tile. That's true. Fancy updated tile. Over the next month, the Allens stayed in the Linwood residence and attempted to gain access to their grandparents' other bank accounts and lines of credit. But Kenneth eventually decided it was just time to go to Vegas. Hey, baby, let's go to Vegas. Vegas. So now we're back to present where the officer pulled them over. Like, they didn't, I don't know if they didn't stop to think that they, everyone knows that these two people are connected to the the deceased. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden you have dead people and other people missing. Yeah. They're going to immediately start looking for Like, them. I don't yeah. know, ask their kids or their grandkids, where have they seen them? Let's I haven't seen them. them. Oh, well, they've disappeared. Hmm. Like, they up and left. I mean, maybe they thought they'd go hide in plain sight out in Vegas and that would work, but. Yeah. yeah. Okay. February 9th, Officer Horn told Deputy Hojisik, they're here, he replied. Oh, they're there? 
So I think he was saying he walked into the basement and looked at the basement and was like, oh, they're they're there. Like yeah. He knew. He couldn't prove it or anything at the time, but being an officer, he probably deduced that there's bodies under that cement. So he said that over the phone. And when the deputy said, oh, they're there, Carrie overheard the deputy's remark and blurted out, he killed him and buried him in the basement. And the deputy asked, who? She explained. My brother killed them and buried them and killed my mother. But I don't know what he did with her body. He, she did the smart thing. She, she rolled really on did. him immediately. That's called spontaneous utterance. Can't, it can be used against you in a court of law. Like if a police officer walks up to you and something's happened in the house and, you're, and the first thing you say is, I didn't mean to kill her, they can use that against you. Well, she didn't really say that. She no. just said he killed her. Mm-hmm. You know, the detectives it's can like in, uh, figure it out. It's like in Little Nicky. It's true. It's yeah. not true. <laughs> you so, should find that scene and put it in. Okay. <laughs> they obviously then got a search warrant for the Linwood residence. And during the search, the basement floor was excavated and six trash bags were found containing the dismembered body parts. Dismembered. Of Betty and Sharon, as well as the body of Lee. During an interview with Missouri law enforcement, he told investigators that he did everything for Carrie and that she was the most important thing now. Ew. They used this information as leverage to get Kenneth to admit that he killed his mother and grandparents. So he killed him. Is she still going to get in trouble because she knew and Mm. didn't do Mm. anything? So, like, and they interrogated them separately. I wonder if the audio is good enough for me to put in. And it wasn't much of interrogation. Like, at first he refused to answer and then. He admitted he was worried about his sister, and then they used that to keep him talking. And then he kind of just confessed after that. Well, then after they kind of got that confession and their information, they let the two siblings come back together. And they're like, can we hold hands? And you're just like, ew. I don't know if the detectives knew. And he said, no. Like, no, you can't hold hands across the <laughs> table. Like, But before they left, like getting officially arrested and putting, you know, taken wherever they take him, he let them like hug goodbye. And he's like, I'm not coming out for a long time. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're not. So this all happened just because of a traffic stop. Mm-hmm. It's always a fucking traffic stop. Yeah, it's so easy to avoid it. Didn't Ted Bundy get busted? That's yes. a, Both times, that's how he got busted. He was in a traffic stop. Yeah. Illegal movements in a vehicle. Because in, when he... Yeah, Colorado, he... Was driving too fast. Yeah. And then in Florida, he was driving too slow. Or he did an illegal mm. U-turn. Yeah, something. Yeah. I feel like that's what it was. Yeah, <sighs> guys. And then yeah, and then when he was in Florida, this officer was, was like, "This person's the neighborhood. Yeah, this stopping. person's mm-hmm. driving too slow. What are they doing?" Yep. See, that's all it takes. Yep. It's the most horrific thing I've ever seen," said Marion County Prosecutor Carl Brizzy. Although the killings took place in two different counties, Marion County will prosecute all three murders, which is Indianapolis. Brizzy also stated that Carrie was fully involved in the murders. While she may not have directly participated in the physical murder, she acted as a lookout. The same day, the state charged Kenneth Allen and Carrie Allen with three counts of murder, three counts of conspiracy to commit murder, and two counts of robbery. And they were seeking the death penalty. Your death penalty. However, Kenneth avoided the death penalty by pleading guilty in January of 2010 to the killings. He is serving life in prison without the possibility of parole plus 130 years. Just See, in case. It's like, what, what would it take 
you know, because if you murder a police officer, you automatically go to death row, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in a struggle, if you just accidentally, if you pulled the trigger, boom, you're getting the death penalty. Yeah. This kid brutally murdered three people. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, we'll just, we'll just plead you to life plus 130 years. Yeah. That's fair. No, I think, is that true in every state? Because. Don't some states not use the death penalty? Oh yeah, yeah. there's. I mean, there's some states. But there, you're saying here, here, if you killed a police officer, it's you're automatic. you're automatic. I think, and I'm not saying it shouldn't be, but the case where we did, where it was a bunch of rifles, everyone had the same AK-47. His roommate shot a police officer just while fleeing, like turned around and just pulled the trigger a few times, and it missed the police officer's vest by like a quarter of an inch and killed him. And so that's how you ended up on death row. He's hmm. like, he's like, yeah, but. Yeah. So they don't take, they. it doesn't matter whether it's not premeditated or anything. I think it doesn't act as a deterrent either, but yeah, it just does. Yeah. That's how it is. In April of 2010, a judge sentenced Carrie Allen to 38 years in prison and 20 years on probation. It seems a little light. <laughs> <laughs> Prosecutors had asked the... Wasn't me. Whose phone was that? Wasn't freaking... You have to read it aloud to the class. What does it say? Wasn't freaking me. Oh, it's... We got mentioned in a post on Twitter. Fantastic. By Yikes Murder and Stuff. And Stuffs. Mm -hmm. They're funny. They have a three, two girls and a guy. Well, sounds like they're copycats. (laughs) All right. Prosecutors had asked the judge for a hundred years prison sentence, saying Carrie Allen passed up opportunities to alert police in the nearly two months before the siblings arrest in Missouri. So she knew about it the whole time. Well, he told her, I got this brilliant plan. And she's like, sign me up, yo. And I think she, the judge said her lifelong cognitive difficulties, low IQ and passivity, which I have passivity. Doesn't mean you're going to commit murder. And she was 18 at the time, which is an adult actually, and said that she feared her brother. So the judge leaned towards leniency. Mm, yeah kenneth is now 43 years old and is incarcerated at the pendleton correctional facility carrie is 32 which we had to discuss with mom if i was 30 (laughs) she's like 30 are you 32 but then we couldn't come to a conclusion So i had to do the math (laughs) this just happened (laughs) it just happened yes and is serving her time at the rockville correctional facility her earliest possible release date is valentine's day 2024 it ain't that far away. No, man. She's probably stoked. Mm-mm. Boom. So I think the only other information that I found is Kenneth filed in a motion to suppress all evidence obtained through the search warrant thing. Now, he ple- and I don't understand because I'm not a lawyer. He pled guilty, but I don't know if he wanted to go back and like, this was, I think this might have been before he took the plea deal. Do you get an appeal if you plead guilty? They'd usually say, no, folks, no, you don't, which screws it up because like, if you're pleading guilty for a lesser charge because you don't want to get the death penalty and you're actually innocent, they'll be like, hey, you said you were guilty. But maybe this was, a, they filed a motion to suppress before he decided to plead guilty. So they're acting like they were going to trial mm-hmm. type of thing. And he said it violated his Fourth Amendment rights. So I... I looked up the Fourth Amendment rights. Is it the, the, what is that? Uh, is for protection against unreasonable search and seizure. 
So meaning the police can't just walk into your house without a warrant and go through all your shit. Sounds like they did have a warrant. Yeah. Well, when they first went in there, yeah, that's, it didn't make any sense. You're reaching because, but you have to own the property. Like if you were staying here, Carla, Mm-hmm. Like squatting here, or we did like if we weren't home and you were just hanging out here, it's not your property, so right? The search and seizure. I don't. It's. I'm sure I don't understand it completely, but does that make sense? Yes. So Kenneth is saying I live there. It's my fucking house. You couldn't just come in when I was in Missouri and go through my <laughs> shit. All right, including my fresh cement in the basement. Was this when they were doing a wellness check? Mm-hmm. I th- He's saying have- that. They had no right to go in there. Yeah. And then, because after that, they had a warrant. But I guess he, if he's trying to say the warrant is garbage, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not really, he's mm, reaching. Yeah. In reality, Kenneth was a trespasser. He did not have the owner's permission to be on the premises. Any control and possession of the Linwood residence was obtained by illegal means, i.e., he killed the owners of the house. That's my house now. Yeah. You don't it's my to- land. Hmm, damn it. All I had to do was kick the people out that were here before. He has shown that he had no legitimate right to control and possess the Linwood residence. Any expectation of privacy he had is not one that society is prepared to recognize as reasonable, and therefore he did not have an objective expectation of privacy on the premises. Okay. So I thought that was interesting, your Fourth Amendment right. There you go. But you better be owning the property and paying bills there. Yeah. Two forms of identification, two bills with your name and address. So they basically said that was garbage because he didn't own the property and Mm. didn't have permission to be there. Yeah. Okay. You can't just kill people and take their house and then call it yours. (laughs) That's not how that works. Yeah, we'll just tell that to the pilgrims. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's all I got. That's pretty good. Um, highly recommend watching the Ted Bundy tapes. We watched them. I thought it was pretty well done. It's just, if nothing else, very interesting. And you learn a lot. You didn't know. You learned a lot about. Well mm-hmm. I thought it was well done. I thought you learned a lot about the time period. That's why I said to Dean, it's a miracle our mothers survived the 70s. I, I mean, the, just the sheer fact that they didn't communicate between counties. Yeah. It's like, we got information here, but we have to snail mail it over there. Yeah. Different times. And then also, you could be undetected and get on an airplane. Just like, bye. Like, that would never happen these days. Peace out. You can't go undetected. Walk. You can't even walk into the airport and be undetected. Mm-hmm. And their driver's licenses were just printed on like a three a by piece five paper. card. Yeah, so they were, yeah, it was walk, easy If to, you walk into an airport and you, leak, you look at least a little bit suspicious, they'll keep an eye on you. It was the first time when he escaped the second time. He stole someone's wallet, took a bus, got to the airport, took a flight from like Denver to Chicago. There was a the jail they were keeping him at. There was a, an apartment upstairs that one of the guards stayed in. And when he he got out, he got out through the roof and got into the apartment. Was able to he you know the guy had all the stuff there. Yeah, yeah so changed he changed clothes. clothes and just walked out the door. Walked out and be like, "Bye, Larry. Yep. Have a good weekend." So and and then somehow gets to Florida. He uses a bus, but he went to a game first. He did go to a game in Ann Arbor. <laughs> gets takes a flight from like Chicago to somewhere. I'm like, how did this guy even get on a freaking plane? But it's just he a different just time. Used, if you look like you belong, he either you belong. just used a fake name and right, like everyone said, 
this wasn't the kind of guy that would do something like this. Nowadays, we know anybody's capable of anything. Anything, right. Trust no one. Your spouse is the one most likely to murder you. Just saying. But I did think it was interesting. And I had, and I, I, it was a lot about it that I really didn't know. What do you think that guy's name is they're talking? The guy there, his name's listed on the left. Ian? Oh. I can't see around her big head. The name is spelled she... I-A-N. That's Ian. Nope. It's actually Ian. Nope. His name is Ian Eagle. You can't say that. Oh, That's God. just making things up. It's just yes. difficult. I actually think he's a good, he does, mm. he does whatever it is. If it's some shit like that, you just can't be mad at people for mispronouncing it. No. Right? Carla with the C. Still pronounced the same. So like, I can't really get mad at people when they misspell it. But when people call you lots of different names, it's great. When someone comes up to me and calls me Caroline, yeah, I'm concerned. Coraline Jones. Um, I'm like, that's, they respond to my emails and they say, Katie, thank you for the response. <laughs> like, my name is in the email address. They it's literally do. Carla at my company's name. Can I say you got a promotion? I did she get a, got promotion. a promotion. She went in there like a boss and said, give me more monies. And they said, okay. That's, you know that's not what happened. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> no, that's not what happened. No. So you got your lovely promotion. Feel good about it. But now it is Super Bowl time. So we got to go. We don't really care who wins. Tom Brady has magical semen. Just watch Ted. Is it Ted 1 or Ted 2? Not his magical semen and then he kisses. Ted Deuce. With the, with the magical teddy bear. And... He open mouth kisses his children. The worst part about the worst part about that is that house is nothing mm. even remotely close to the kind of house Tom Brady would live in. Yep. If no. he had that size of a house, then it is probably downtown London or New York <laughs> it's City his fifth home. or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. That that size house would be when he wants to fifteen million dollars. When he wants like to slum a peasant it. and eat porridge, he comes there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and for honest to goodness, stay out of the corn. And if you want to be successful, open cam, open mouth, kiss your kids. Open mouth, kiss your kids. <laughs> what? 